0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.
2: I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap.
1: A little adventure. Where are you going?
2: I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon
1: mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox.
3: Life can hurt, but life is sweet.
1: Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.
3: This episode is
1: brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
2: I just love to see people getting so much joy out of music even if it's something that doesn't touch me just to know that somebody's getting something out of it they get they find what it because it means so much to me i've found so much yeah music that has changed my life enriched my life made me a better person made me want to be a better person and so much of that comes from music and so if i see someone else getting it uh, it might be different genre different style of music but just that's a connection you can make with someone right that maybe they're listening to different music than you're listening to but what you get out of it is essentially the same thing right it's like a religious experience almost
3: Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting Bruce your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen his music and mostly his fans. I am your host Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, but I'm sure he will come up and I am visiting with one of my Pantheon podcast siblings. Brad is also part of the network he does an amazing podcast we're going to talk about that in a minute but in the meantime Brad welcome to set Leslie Bruce
2: hey Jesse so thanks so much for having me on this is going to be fun
3: I think so too tell us a little about yourself
2: let's see my name is Brad Page I host a show called I'm in love with that song and I'm Just a music junkie like so many people, guitar player, just, uh, you know, husband, father, the usual.
3: That is, that keeps you busy being, I know, between podcasting, running a family, and then a day gig, it can be very busy.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. I don't think any of us are <clears throat> making a living doing this podcasting thing. We do it because we love it. We do it out of passion and just a deep love for the music, but it's, it doesn't pay the bill. So we all got to work during the day and podcast at night and try to be a good husband and whatever to, <laughs> during the day, the rest of the time it's when well, we got our hands full, but thanks yeah. for having me on though. I No, appreciate-
3: I, yeah, I'm excited. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Talk about where did you grow up and, what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger?
2: I I was born in New Hampshire, but I grew up in Massachusetts, about an hour outside of Boston in what was at the time a pretty small rural town. Now it's a destination place, right? It was with urban sprawl, but back in the day, no one knew where this town was. It was small and, and pretty provincial. My parents, I was an only child. Uh, my parents were significantly older. So they were in the Lawrence Welk generation, right? That was their idea of music. So consequently growing up, I didn't care about music at all. So <laughs> that was what I was exposed to for music was you know, Mario Lanza records and Lawrence and had zero appeal to me. And I didn't have older brothers or sisters to expose me to to much music. I cared about comic books. That's that was my passion as a kid. What Still is actually I love yeah.
3: comics. What time frame is this, Brad?
2: The, I was born in 64, the year that okay. the Beatles first came to America. Okay. And so grow basically growing up in the 70s, that's where I cut my teeth on so many things, comics and music and everything. And But yeah, I didn't really care much about music or listen to much music until I discovered the band Kiss, because there is no better band to transition a comic book fan into being a rock and roll fan than Kiss.
3: So, uh, yes, remember when they published the comic and they actually put their blood in the ink?
2: Yep. I was right there at that time. And I always say, wait. Kiss is, they're not one of my favorite bands now. They're not in my top 10 for sure. Probably not in my top 20. But at the time, they were my first favorite band. And like your first girlfriend, there's always a special place in your heart for the first band that you loved. And say what you will about Kiss, and for better and worse... I would not be sitting here today I don't think if it wasn't wasn't for them. I I praise them and curse them at the same time for my
3: So <laughs> I'm going to get to kiss in a minute but Marvel or DC kid?
2: Uh, I mean I swung both ways but I was primar- primarily
3: a Marvel guy. So I was primarily a DC guy. Mm-hmm. One of my earliest memories was going to the commissary the px mm-hmm. with my grandmother she was the manager of a post exchange at fort Polk, louisiana and and so i would go to work with her and i would go pick all the comics i wanted off the spinner rack nice and give them to her and she would take the cover off <laughs> And give me the comics and then would give the covers to her sales rep saying that they were damaged, right? right. So she could get yep. credit for them. And so, because I was, I did not have a steady source of comics, DC did more one and done books than Marvel. So, therefore, I tend to go toward more DC, though mm-hmm. I certainly can remember reading fantastic four and spider-man and all these different things yeah i the so it sounds like you and i were right around the same age because i was born in 59 so that that the legion of superheroes and x-men and marv wolfman and george perez's teen titan and just all those just amazing books
2: yeah and Over the the years, I've come in and out of the hobby a few times. And like many people, sold most of my books and then ended up years later buying them back. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, at twice the cost. I did the same thing with my vinyl. Mm -hmm. I sold a ton of vinyl. I used to work in a record store. It's actually where I met my wife. Mm -hmm. We're both kind of music junkies. And so I was around vinyl all the time for a few years there. And, but that was right around the time during the shift of CDs became the thing. And I could yeah. see the demand for vinyl going really down the tubes pretty quickly and didn't ever think it would come back. And so sold a ton of my records. And then in the last probably five years, I got bit by the vinyl bug again. of course I've been buying back records that I sold Sold for five bucks, which I thought was pretty good at the time. Yeah. That was pretty good for a used record in 1990 mm-hmm. or whatever. And now they're 30 bucks a pop, and that's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. But anyway,
3: I graduated high school in 1977, 75, 76. A bunch of my buddies, one of them lent me a Kiss Alive eight track and listened to that. I adored Chris Kiss Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And the best part of getting a cold was you could sound like Peter Chris doing Beth. Just, and so a couple of years ago, after the pandemic, they came to Fort Worth. And a bunch of my buddies said, Do you want to go? And I said, Yes, we got to go. Right. And so, a bunch of us went, we had pretty high bleacher seats and it was everything that 17 year old Jesse would have wanted right. to see kiss. They I. I got to see the fake Peter Chris do Beth on a fake yeah. grand piano. Yeah. I got to. they played a lot of songs off alive. Of and destroyer and rock and roll over it was just it was wonderful and my favorite part of the story Brad is there was a guy in front of me who did not sit down the whole show mm-hmm. he was standing up and I had to lean over to see sure. and someone said why are you not asking him to sit down and I said this is his Springsteen I can right. tell This guy knew every word, was screaming his head off. And you know what? Just because I'm old and want to sit down, I'm not messing with his vibe whatsoever. And I almost enjoyed seeing him enjoy the concert as much as I did Kiss. And it was a lot of fun. And like I said, the 17-year-old Jesse was very happy to to hear rock and roll and party Mm -hmm. every day live. It was just a blast.
2: Yeah, we did the same thing. I was just a little too young and, I don't know, isolated or whatever to have seen them in the original makeup days. The first time I saw them was actually the Lick It Up tour, where they had taken the makeup off. And I saw them a couple of times or a few times after that, and then a few times with the makeup back on. But uh, when they announced that this was the final farewell tour, which of course has been going on for like five years now, but that's what everyone does, right? Um, milk it for all it's worth. And what would you expect any less from Kiss and then to milk it for all it's worth? But uh, that first leg of the tour they played in Boston and I and my wife, who is at best a moderate <laughs> Kiss fan at best, but I said, "Come on, let's go." Same thing, right? It, it's it's probably probably your last gasp at at seeing pleasing that little seventeen year old that still lives inside of you that wants to see Kiss blow things up and spit blood and do all that goofy stuff that's still fun, and you just have to look at it as fun. What's a cartoon? And we had a good time. I'm glad I went.
3: Yeah, I. I- I just had a guy on the podcast that does a thousand and one albums. Oh gosh, it's corrected or something. It it basically him and his buddies got a hold of that one thousand and one albums you need to hear before you die. Mm-hmm. And they're going through them in random order and just talking about them and discussing whether they agree with it, whether they don't, and they had a lot of fun with Kiss. They did Chris Destroyer, the mm-hmm. and they were they were having a lot of fun. I I also when I talked to the guy, I said, "Have you done Bruce yet?" And he said, "Yeah, we did Born in the USA." You may not want to hear it. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I have a thick skin. I I understand the the synth problem with Bruce in the '80s, but. It is a gateway drug, though. It is the Great Way CD that a lot of people bought and then later found more of Bruce's music. Right. Hey,
0: Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
3: So, Brad, your love and kiss. I saw on the website, the Beach Boy Christmas album was also one of the first albums. Yeah, that uh, was technically
2: the Beach Boys. And this is how uncool I was. Okay. (laughs) that the Beach Boys Christmas album was actually (laughs) the first closest thing to rock and roll that I had on vinyl. But the second album was Kiss Rock and Roll Over, which I think by most fans if that's not considered their best it's certainly considered one of their best records, and that just happened to be the new album that was out at the time it was the album that was out and on the charts at the time and then from there i went back and got i can't remember if i got alive or destroyer next but alive was really the life-changing one because that that just and i we all know now that it's not really that live, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't care because it's better than live. You know what I mean? It captures everything that you want from that live experience. And you could just sit and listen to that record and just envision the whole thing in your head and play that concert in your head and try to under, wonder what was going, what was Gene doing? I was just where he blows the fire. And cause you knew, you didn't see any of this stuff. There was no YouTube or anything to watch any of this stuff. You just had to imagine what it must be like. And, but that record is really what sucked me into rock and roll. And from there it was the RCA record club and the Columbia house record club and get your 10 records for a dime. And, That's how I built my record collection and really never looked back.
3: You said you still love Kiss and you're, as they said, they're your first girlfriend, your first love. But what was the band that took you from there to something a little more meaty, if I can use that term?
2: It it starts to get wide pretty quickly after that, because like I said, I, I... discovered the RCA and the Columbia house record clubs where you would send in a dime or a dollar or whatever and you'd get 10 albums with an agreement that you bought three more records i mean, imagine you probably did this most people are yes. our, our generation
3: incredibly this. overpriced three albums but you right. didn't care you and- didn't
2: care because you got 10 records free and so yeah. what i would do and i'm sure you probably did the same thing is you would you'd get your 10 f- free, almost free records. You would buy your three and then you'd cancel your membership and then you'd renew and get another 10 records for a dime and buy those three and cancel and renew. And that's how I built my record collection. And very quickly, I was getting Queen and Peter Frampton and Deep Purple and whatever was going on at the time, probably the next big band that um, Queen was pretty key. But Deep Purple was probably the next band that I really just blew me away. Made in Japan, one of the greatest live albums ever recorded. That truly is live, unlike a lot of other records that were tarted up. That record is exactly what it is. F- some flubs and sour notes and all, but that just that record just blew me away. And then from there, I got into prog rock for a while. Emerson, Lake and Palmer, and yes and f- f- Rush. Uh, but at the same time, I really got into the Beatles and it was right before John Lennon was killed. And p- early on, the Beatles music seemed old to me
3: uh-huh.
2: compared to Boston and Queen and the st- Sure, just the sound of the records. It took me a little while to, appreciate that but once i got into it i just really and a big part of it actually was a book by a guy named nicholas schaffner called beatles forever that i had picked up and that book just made me a beatles fan sometimes reading about music is almost as good as listening to it (laughs) Mm -hmm. i know that old frank zappa quote about Writing about music is like dancing about architecture, whatever that quote is, whoever said it. Yeah. Yeah. But great writers can really just turn you on to some great music and and embellish that music and make you appreciate it. And so that book was a big part. That was also something I got from I think Columbia Record Club was that book. And I became a big Beatles fan. And then of course, when John was killed a few months, really just maybe six months after I started getting into the Beatles. That was just an earth shattering moment for me. Just it's still to this day, probably having now uh, I'll be 60 next year. Like everyone, once we get up to this age, we've had a lot of loss in our lives, friends and family and whatnot that have passed on but still John Lennon's death is one of the most meaningful deaths that's ever happened to a guy that I never met. I wouldn't even thought that would have been possible that someone that I never met could have impacted me that much, but there you go. But yeah. So then I, on one hand, prog rock and another hand, just the concise, brilliant songwriting and, Musical ability of a band like the Beatles, and from there, in I was a little slow to get into punk. It took me a while to appreciate it, but this some of that stuff I really like, and I, I'm still primarily a child of the '60s and the '70s musically. There's some stuff in the '80s I like, but there's a lot of stuff I don't. I just never really got like you mentioned the synth thing. That's always sure kind of off for me. Yeah. You know, but to each his own. I have a lot of friends, fellow podcasters who just love the sound of the 80s. And hey, whatever gets you to the place you need to be to have that joy, just because it doesn't work for me, I, I'm all for it. It's music. It's, there's something in there for everyone. And it's—it's. It's, I, I just love to see people getting so much joy out of music even if it's something that doesn't touch me just to know that somebody's getting something out of it they get they fought what it because it means so much to me i've found so much yeah music that has changed my life enriched my life made me a better person made me want to be a better person and so much of that comes from music and so if i see someone else getting it uh, it might be different genre different style of music but just that's a connection you can make with someone right that maybe they're it, listening to different music that you're listening to but what you get out of it is essentially the same thing right it's like a religious experience
3: almost it really does and i think that's what i was really happy to join pantheon about because the idea that we focus on music and and music is such an important life and There is a small percentage of people that I don't really have a favorite musician. (laughs) Okay. And, and, and someone like yourself that has, I I can't narrow it down to one, right? It's what's your favorite TV show. There's too many, right? Mm -hmm. But there's, but there are just like all music and nothing about passion. I'm like, I don't know if I can trust you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. (laughs)
2: When someone says, "I like what what kind of music do you like?" Oh, I like all kinds of music." And I always the, <laughs> to yeah. me, that means, well, then you don't really love any music right because anything, if you're passionate about it, that passion flows both ways. There's stuff that is going to move you into tears." Yeah. And then there's stuff that you're not going to be able to stomach. That's going to completely turn you off. And you're just not going to, because passion is, you know, it's fire and it's ice, right? It's it's one thing. It's not is lukewarm water and people who just, you know, and Hey, fine. If it's music, isn't your thing, the fine. Yeah. Super hard time connecting with you and yes, (laughs) anything, but Okay. It's to to me, just finding that passion and fire in anyone. I'm not a big metal head. I like quite a bit of, uh, I'm more of a hard rock guy than a metal guy, but whatever. There's some metal heads who are just diehards. We got some of them on the network. And I love those guys because they have found a passion and it's not my passion. It's not, but it's close enough. That I can relate to that and I love seeing that. I, I it's it's just great when you find something that just brings you that much joy and something that's creative and not just your favorite sports team. Yeah. Um, I'm just I am not a sports guy.
3: Yeah. I hear you. My son is that way. My son is a huge sports nerd. And if you asked his favorite bands, he would say wrestling entrance (laughs) songs, (laughs) WWE entrance songs. So let's touch on Bruce a little bit. Do you remember when you first heard Bruce and your thoughts? And give me your safe space, by the way. You are welcome to not like Bruce's music, but just curious your thoughts on Bruce.
2: He's a seminal artist from the the '70s, who's who I think still makes relevant music today, which is more than you can say for a lot of people. It's not it's not reaching people today the way it did then, but most most rock and roll isn't, so I don't hold that against him any stretch but compared to a lot of artists i think he's still challenging himself but when i first heard bruce it was probably born to run or just prior to that i remember like rosalita on the radio things like that the first time i remember hearing always the word dynamo always stuck out to me like that that that's in a song yeah because the only other place i ever heard the word dynamo was the crimson dynamo in in marvel comics and of course paul mccartney used it later in a song but yeah but uh, yeah just that's just funny how certain things stick out but it was the lyrics he was particularly then was writing in such a unique and individual way. I am not the hugest Springsteen fan. I am so, absolutely not not a hater in yeah. any way, but not in my top five. But okay. that's just me.
3: Have you seen him perform live?
2: I have not. I'm not like a big show guy, which probably okay. maybe seems a bit of. I mean, no, no. Seen, I was. Gonna I've seen my share question. of live shows, but I'm largely okay. I'm an introvert. Okay. And, and it takes a lot to drag me out of the house for almost anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm more of a record guy. I I love the creative process of of making records and Okay. And what it takes to make records and write songs and things like that. Um, okay. As a musician, I love playing live, but it's just I don't know. It's just okay. always difficult as an introvert to have to go out and just be in a so many people Too I hear you people
3: yes do have you checked out his last studio album letter to you
2: that i don't have
3: okay i'd recommend you to check it out it came out end of 2020 it deals a lot with the genesis two things he was doing springsteen on broadway right and a guy handed him a guitar and bruce went to sign it and goes no, no that's yours that was for you and bruce puts it aside then when he gets it later he's like, this is a really nice guitar and he started strumming it and then the other thing that happened was the george Thies, who was the guy who started bruce's first band the castiles mm-hmm. died of cancer and bruce was at his bedside before he passed and bruce realized that he was the only surviving member of that high school band mm-hmm. that he was the last man standing and so the album is a lot about the power of, of music the power of bands and how you face your mortality i'd love for you to listen to it and then come back again and let's discuss it for perspective i think and we music fans can be jerks we can be dicks right? because we're it's not born to run it's not darkness it wasn't and And instead of going, but we already have darkness. We already have a Abbey Road or a Sergeant Peppers. We don't need another one. We want them to do something new, right? But some fans get very, you know, almost territorial that I I don't want him to do. I don't want them to do different things. Versus right. others, I want no, I wherever your creative muse takes you, I may not like it, but good for you. Explore your creativity, and I who knows, I may end up loving it. Right. Yeah. Who are you? Mentioned Bruce wouldn't be top five. This is very hard to do, but do you have like a rough top five, top six?
2: Yeah. I always say top five would be the Beatles. That's the most unoriginal answer. I'm I apologize to everyone. No. But sorry, Beatles. There's a reason everyone, why one. they're
3: the Beatles. Right. I, I don't know if you've heard the story and Then I wanted to finish. But Bruce said in an interview they were the Grammys was doing some kind of tribute to Paul McCartney and the Grammys had reached out to John Landau, Bruce's manager, mm-hmm. and said Will Bruce, would Bruce be willing to come participate in this tribute? And so John calls him and he says, Paul's still a Beatle, isn't he? Like, yeah, okay. John, someone asks me to do a tribute for the Beatles. You don't need to wait for me to give you the answer, right? It's <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a reason, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, and, and to me, I can wrap up there john paul and george's solo yeah. stuff all into this one big bubble of beatles but that's yeah. my favorite my favorites my second favorite is todd rundgren i'm a huge todd rundgren fan and then probably david bowie and the who and the fifth slot is always rotating could be deep purple could be xtc it could be a bb king it, the that tends to be, uh, I don't want to say flavor of the week because that sounds dismissive, but it's you go through certain things. I've been on an earth, wind, and fire kick a little bit lately. I just finished Maurice White's autobiography and really loved it. And that's just got me listening to a lot of earth, wind, and fire lately. And then of course, from there, it's that I couldn't possibly put anything in sequence in any kind of order, but that would be my top four Beatles, Rundgren, Bowie, who, and then fifth spot is, is usually someone in there, but it's, it's rotating.
3: When I get asked, what's your top, what's your top three Springsteen songs, right? And I always say, land of hope and dreams, better days, and the third changes every day. Yep. You know, it just it just is one of those things. That's cool. I, I've done a little bit of Todd Rundgren, not, not a whole lot of. I, I was thrilled when I saw him make the Hall of Fame because I still care about these things. I know they're silly. And uh, by the way, One of my other podcasts is we're doing every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Yes, someone else. I adore his music. And one we're, we're putting together a a, his birthday is this month. So we're putting together a bunch of recordings from different fans saying happy birthday. And a guy in his message said, I'm boycotting the hall of fame till they include you. And John (laughs) supposedly told him, yeah, don't hold your breath.
2: Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I know that his daughter Lily has said that she's more upset that he's never won a Grammy than he is. He's like, I've been nominated. I'm happy. (laughs) All right, Brad, I'm going to change you from music fan to podcaster.
2: Okay.
3: Tell me a little bit about the podcast.
2: If you'll indulge me, I'll give you the, the long winded answer. I um,
3: love long winded answers. that
2: I, I, I often give to, set up my show so years ago i read a book about the role that dogs played in like the iraq war and at 9-11 bomb sniffing recovery that kind of thing i forget the name of the book but one of the things that the author had to do to set up that book is to explain how a dog's sense of smell works because that's what it's all about for the dog is the sense of smell and the way they explained it Was like this, and it's always stuck with me that if you or I were to walk into uh, a room with a bag with a McDonald's cheeseburger in it, probably everyone in the room would be able to sniff, smells like a cheeseburger. If you've had enough McDonald's cheeseburgers, you could probably tell that came from McDonald's. But a dog doesn't just smell cheeseburger, a dog's sense of smell can differentiate. Is there mustard? They can smell the mustard. They can smell the ketchup individually. They, if there's lettuce and pickle and a tomato, they can smell all those individual things. The the onions, the bun. They could prob- a dog could probably tell the difference of the fat content. Is that 80, 80% ground beef? Is it 85%? The dog's sense of smell is so dis- deep that Whereas we just smell this amorphous thing called a cheeseburger, the dog can sense all the individual elements that go into making up that cheeseburger. So that's a long way of saying. What I try to do on my podcast is to get people to listen to music the way a dog smells. In other words, don't let's get past hearing just this amorphous thing called a song. And let's start listening to the individual elements. Listen to the way the snare drum sounds. What the bass is doing. The choices made in production for arrangement. Where there's vocal harmony, where there isn't. Where extra guitars come in. So on my podcast, we'll do things like, we'll isolate individual elements about a song and just listen to the drums. Just listen to the vocal track. Talk about how certain production choices were made and theorize about why certain things were done for emotional content or for drama and those kind of things and just try to understand what goes into making a song great every song starts out hopefully as a good idea but it's it to get a good idea a good song into a great song there's got to be all these different elements that go into that that make it great and so that's what the song the podcast is about every episode we pick i pick one song it's got to be a song i'm passionate about it's in and a lot of times it's a song i've heard a thousand times but i haven't delved into it deeply so i don't go into the podcast knowing everything there is to know about these songs a lot of times i'll just be poking through my record collection and a song will come up and go god i love that song why do i love that song what is it about that song that stands out to me and makes it work for me in a way that maybe the other songs on that record don't do as much. And then we get into it together and I bring you the the audience comes along for the ride and we do the research and try to dig up some history of the band and the record and how the song got made. And then we take it apart and put it back together at the end. And so that's really what the song, the podcast is about is just trying to understand me Trying to understand what makes a song great.
3: The, by the way, I love that description. I remember Robert Krauss, who had written Rick's mystery novels, he wrote a book, and one of the main characters was a dog from Iraq. And mm-hmm. they talked about how sensitive their noses were, just that you don't understand how that, and you, If you've ever had a dog, whether it's a beagle Mm -hmm. or anything else, you see them that all that outdoor is just a it's a live concert just hitting them on there. Yeah.
2: I love dogs. And mm-hmm. so we can go down a rat hole, just yeah. talking about dogs, but I'm always fascinated about particularly the hound dogs. That's their, their yeah. noses are really just phenomenal machines. And when you think about it, like a dog, that just the whole way they perceive reality perceive time is different because it all comes through primarily the sense of, of smell and smell if If you walked into a room and then walked out of the room, if I didn't see you, I would have had no idea that you were ever in that room. But a dog can walk into that room and smell that you were in there and probably know how long ago it was. Oh, he was in here two hours ago. It's and so you think about like how that must affect the way they perceive time and reality, right? Because they can see into the past through their nose. They can smell things that have happened. When you come home and they're sniffing you up and down, they're seeing through their nose everywhere you've been that day in ways that we could never do. It's, I don't, it's fascinating to me.
3: I, I think so too. So you mentioned this a little bit, but how do you, is it just a random, as you're listening to music, you'll write down and go, you know, hey, um, Aretha Frank's version of A Change is going to come. I want to do that. And why didn't you do Sam Cooke's version? Because by the way, A Change is going to come is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. So is that it? you just keep a list of as you're thinking, you, go, you know, I bet this would be a fun episode to do
2: it's it's comes in all kinds of different ways that's one one thing when i first got the idea to to do the podcast the other thing that kind of inspired that there was a few things that inspired the podcast like any idea i think it's usually not just one thing there's all kinds of aspects that come. one of them is i read i like i said before i read a lot of music books okay about not just biographies, but I love books about how particular records were made and things like the 33 and a third series. I don't know if sure. you've ever read any of those books. Yes, I love that kind of thing. I'm a sucker for it. But one thing that always is frustrating is you're reading the book and they're, they'll talk about, sometimes they'll even give a time code, but one minute and 30 seconds into the song, this happens. And I'm like, well, damn, I wish I could hear that right now instead of having to put the book down and go back. And so the podcast allows me to do those things to, to talk about the songs and at the same and actually play it for you. So we can listen to those things together. So that was an impetus, another impetus for doing the song to doing the podcast. But one of the first things I did was just write down a ton of songs that I I would want to get to. And I've done a bunch of them, but there's still a ton that I haven't gotten to because Yeah. Like you said, sometimes I'll be listening to a record or a CD and a song will jump out to me and say, I should do that. Or I'll be reading a book and I'll get inspiration for that. Sometimes people pass away. Uh, And that's, that was the, the thing uh, that got me to do Aretha Franklin was that she had passed away. And I said, I felt like I should really, and that's, I always liked her version of that song and and I thought there was interesting things she did with it that were different than than the original version while harkening back to that. So anyway, it's it the ideas come from all different places. But in general, they I don't typically take requests because I again, I have to really feel passionately about the song and really want to get into it. And, and not that I'm opposed to taking requests, but I, like I said, my list is still 200 songs long that I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> and so I'm much more likely to want to dig into that than if somebody suggests something that I'm just personally not that passionate about.
3: I've always, when you mentioned that, I, I, I think back to, I'm a big fan of Penn Jillette's podcast. I'm Mm a big fan of Penn and Teller, but Mm -hmm. he does a podcast that I just love, and he will talk about that people will say when they were doing bullshit, you should do an episode on blank, Mm -hmm. and he's you're right, that would be an interesting episode, you should do that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I would, you should write a book about, you know what, I have no interest in writing that book. I'd love to read that book, and if you want to go write that book, I will read it, but Mm -hmm. that isn't. And it's the same thing. If you are passionate about God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, then do an episode where you talk about God Only Knows instead of sending you an email saying, hey, when are you going to cover God Only Knows by the Beach Boys? Right. Right? So the... So, yeah, I, I love that. This sounds like a very personal project for you. It is
2: in the sense that, A, the songs do have to mean something to me. And they don't. I'm not saying every song equally, sure. right? Some songs I'm much more passionate about than others. But they're all songs that I love. Mm-hmm. That I wish I could have written any of these songs they're all songs that that inspired me in one degree or another. So that that's part of it. And also just in general, I love this music and I do feel I don't take myself that seriously, despite how I probably sound no, I, overly I, pretentious, I was, but no, I, you know, I I'm, just you a, are at all. Yeah, I'm just, I, a, I agree. I'm just a schmuck with a bunch of records. Yeah. Anyone c- could be that, but I, what I am, really serious about is the music because as i said a few times this music changed my life and and i think it's important and we lose one of these musicians every week if not two or three we just lost robbie robertson it And pretty soon, they'll yeah. all be gone. And I feel it, I'm just trying to do my little part to keep this music alive and hopefully expose some new listeners to some of these songs, as well as people who probably have these records in there or had these records in their collection. You haven't listened to it in 50 years or 20 years or however long it's been, or maybe you had, you, you love the hit off the record, but I'm going to play some deep track off that record. And I'm just trying to preserve the music and archive it and, and treat it seriously. I'm not a journalist. There are a a few other podcasts out there, I think, that do that really well, better than I ever could. But what I try to do is do it in a way that you don't have to be a hardcore fan. You don't have to be a musician, even though we talk about the elements. We don't talk about music theory. I don't want to drive anyone away by having to figure out what the circle of fifths or learn all that kind of stuff, because I don't know that stuff that either. And I, I just, I want it to be accessible to the average listener who just is curious, just one degree more than the person who says, I like all kinds of music, (laughs) but the person who's just curious enough to want to know a little bit more. And, uh, and hopefully we can suck some of those people into, to our world of just really, the pleasure we get out of music and just trying to share that with other people. And, and again, I, I don't go into this knowing everything there is to know about these. I'm discovering it, all of these things along with the people who are listening to the podcast because no, I've never done an episode where I knew everything going in and, but the end of it, I hadn't learned anything. When I, when I start a show, as much as I might think I know about that song, I'm always finding new things that, and I'm sure, you know, the same experience, right? You've heard a song a hundred times, and then someday you'll listen to it for the hundred and first time. And there'll be some little part in there that, that I never noticed that in there before. I never heard that glockenspiel part before, or I never, I always thought he was singing, this, but no, he's actually singing that. And just the music is constantly, like all great art, it's constantly revealing itself anew to you. And I, that's just another thing I love about music.
3: That I love that story so much because I do agree with you to do that things i have often misheard lyrics than working on it is there i'm going to be surprised but is there a song that after you started breaking apart you did not like it as much no okay
2: there are certainly songs where that would be the case but there there's plenty of songs that i really like
1: mm-hmm. that i
2: will never do on the show just because they don't lend themselves to that format you know, there's just i love muddy waters for example but yeah it's not this, I don't want this to sound raw, but that it's, there's, you can listen to it and really uh, and experience it, but it's not the kind of thing that lends itself to analysis the way God only knows or anything from pet sounds sure. or anything from yeah. Sergeant Pepper would uh, because it's a different approach to yeah. the music. And so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that, that I will never get to on the show because it just doesn't lend itself to that kind of format. It would be a little dull. But uh, it, yeah, there are generally I know I can I'm experienced enough <laughs> to know yeah. when I hear a song that like that's gonna work on the show or that's not gonna work on the show or the, the, the Yeah. Um, sure um, I do. Some some things have more to reveal than others, but there's generally uh a certain i don't know it's it's the old line about pornography you know it when you see it right i know sure when i hear a sound like that's a great song but it's not going to lend itself to the format of the show and so i'll have to pass on that one but
3: yeah there's one of the other podcasts i do is with a couple friends of mine we're and we'll go we pick right Our main thing is we're going through Babylon 5. They had never seen it. I had seen everything. I love that show. Yeah. So this is the fun part, right? Lou and Karen were part of the reason I got into podcasting. They were doing a Farscape podcast. And so they had seen all of Farscape and they would be the veterans. And I was the rookie. I'd never seen it. Okay. And so we went through all the Farscape. Mm -hmm. So neither one of it seen Babylon 5. And so they said, for fun, do you want to reverse the idea? We'll be the rookies. You'll be the veteran. And so we've been going through it and having a great time. But the other thing we do is we pick, like we picked the Netflix show, The English, to debate and just talk about. And there are certain series that I enjoy, I love. I thought the Amazon Prime Reacher that just was out last year. Yep. Fun series. Yep. But there's not enough in there to to do a podcast about it.
2: Right. It's the, yeah. everything that... Yeah, I agree. I love that show too. I thought it was fun. I never read the books or anything like that. It was my first yeah. experience. I, I didn't see yeah. the Tom Cruise movie or anything. I just... But I yeah. watched the show and enjoyed it. But it's all there on the screen. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you can't really go any deeper than that. You could probably... Yeah. You could probably do one episode on who Jack Reacher is, but yeah. other than that, yeah, it's and that's fine.
3: Yeah, exactly you know? fine. I that's totally agree, Brad. Fine. That is, yes. But so, some things, yeah,
2: Star Trek, Star Wars, whether yeah. you love them or not, you can go and people have, yeah, for 60 years gone deep into those yes. concepts and ideas, and they're just some things lend themselves to
3: it and some things don't yeah i totally agree and and there are <laughs> two kinds of people in the world right but i remember one of my one of my best friends and his his friend were just discussing after the movie just going through and debating every little thing I and i don't remember the movie doesn't matter right and the wife of my friend tom's friend just rolled her eyes but tom's date was like why are you guys overanalyzing the movie what why can't you just watch the movie and let it go they're both looking like like, yeah this relationship is not going to last because (laughs) that's half the reason of doing this uh so i totally agree um all right listeners jump ahead because this is going to be a boring part but i just while i've got you The Philosophy of Modern Song, the Dylan book where he picked all these different songs. Did you read it?
2: I did not. It's on my list to get to, but I haven't read it. Yeah.
3: And the Deliver Me From Nowhere by Warren Zane.
2: That's also on my list, Okay. but I haven't got there. I read his 33 and a third book about Dusty Springfield and enjoyed that. So I'm sure it's great. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and a, a local boy. He was in the Del Fuego's, which was at one time the hot band in Boston.
3: He was. Yes. And uh, I was lucky enough to get him for the podcast. Oh, cool. um, of course, every Springsteen podcast got him. But it is, I, I think you'll enjoy it a lot because it's almost a mystery. Like his premise is okay, Bruce has put out the river. As little Steven says, we got a song on the radio and that got girls. And with girls come to the live show, that got us even more guys. Mm -hmm. Their first commercial success. Then skip ahead to Born in the USA. Massive success gets him into another universe. But in the meantime, between it, he does Nebraska. And why did he want to do and why did he need to do this quiet album between two big albums. And it is almost a mystery of trying to discern why. I I think if you like good books about music, I know you'll love it. It is, I really, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And he was a really good guy to talk about. Just, you're right, just, and he talked about he loves everything. He loves teaching. He loves writing. He loves playing music. And he didn't want to ever have to choose between what he was going to do. Yeah. Is there anything on the podcast you haven't been able to do, Brad, that you want to do? That's a, What's a goal?
2: I, there isn't really anything that I've feel like I can't do that. I would want to
3: do. Okay. Uh,
2: There's uh, one thing that I've been planning, but haven't done it yet is Mm -hmm. a kind of a tribute to Jeff Beck because he's, was my favorite guitar player of all time. Okay. And uh, another guy we lost. Sure. Fairly recently. And, I didn't want to just rush an episode out. Sure. Uh, So I want to do something, but it's, uh, I just haven't really put my finger on exactly how I want to do it. So that's, I guess a goal, but I've actually, it started during pandemic time when we were all stuck at home and I started recording episodes like a maniac. And so I've since then, I've had tons of episodes banked. So my plan actually is to,, in this fall, take an extended period of time off from mm-hmm. doing the podcast and actually play some guitar and uh, and catch up on some of those books <laughs> that are that the list keeps getting longer every time I, I polish off a book. I somehow end up with three more books on the stack. I just yeah. the stack, stack only gets taller and never gets shorter.
3: It doesn't, so, it does it?
2: No, there's always something more to add or more to, yeah. to enjoy. And I think it's always good to take a break and recharge the batteries, but I don't want to, I, the podcast, I want to keep churning uh, out there. So I actually have a year's worth of episodes in the can. So if, if I were to drop dead today, you would still <laughs> hear my voice for the next year with the amount of podcasts that are already scheduled and in the queue, but that's going to allow me to recharge my batteries a little bit, take, take, take some time off and, so- and keep the podcast going. So, Yeah. I, like I said, I've got that long list of songs to get to. And eventually the I'll, maybe I'll get to all of it, but there's just so many great songs out there. I, it feels like an inexhaustible resource.
3: (laughs) I I get that you, by the way, you made me feel better. I have, if I include you, I have 15 episodes in the can and, 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 every once in a while people are like, Hey, Jesse. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm about four to six week banked because I always worry I'm going to run out of people to talk to. Right. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to get a dry spell since mine is an interview podcast. So you made me feel a little better that you've got a year and ahead. head. So- yeah. I think we're
2: the exception. Most podcasters I think are seat of their pants. They maybe have two episodes in the ahead. Yeah. Some don't even have that, but I'm anal retentive that way. I, I yeah. really like to have all my ducks in a row. And 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 it's just one of those things. That I love doing it. It's a lot of work, but I, I love it. Even, most people complain about the editing. And to me, that I, that's, the, that's one of the fun things. It's like putting a puzzle together. Call me crazy, but I like all, every aspect of doing the podcast. As soon as I'm done with one, I'm, I get an idea to jump in and do another one so it's actually almost hard to take a break but i think it would be good to do it but yeah i i like the comfort of knowing that i've got some breathing room and that there's some episodes out there
3: yeah Um, same thing for me i always i want to have that and then i have the freedom for example if you had said oh i've got a really important episode coming up jesse that's dropping september 8th okay i can adjust that and i can release this to help push it or when i get a writer on the show i can say oh let's release this when your book's going to come out so we can help promote it so yeah very nice is there anything i should have asked you brad that i haven't Oh, I
2: don't think so. I think I've already talked too much. No, I don't think uh... so
3: at all. I love <laughs> this. This is so much fun. All right. I end every podcast with the Mary question. If you are a fan of Brad's podcast and you're checking this out because you wanted to hear more of him, thank you for listening. I appreciate it so much jay armstrong is a retired honors english teacher but when he was teaching he would print out the lyrics to thunder road give it to his high school seniors in his honors english class and they would break apart thunder road as if it was a poem talk about the imagery bruce's painting talk about his choice of lyrics the themes he's exploring. And at the end of the class, he would ask the class, does Mary get in the car? Brad, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road?
2: I like to think of myself as a realistic optimist or maybe an optimistic realist. And I would hope that she gets into the car. I think My God, if somebody made that argument, to not that it's an argument, but if somebody spoke those words to you, how could you not be convinced by everything he's saying? I would get in the car with
3: him. Very nice. (laughs) That is a great answer. Very good. If someone wants to reach you, how can they?
2: The name of the podcast is. I'm in love with that song. You can find us on our website, which is love that We're also on all the podcast apps and players. Just look for the I'm in love with that song podcast. And you'll find us on Spotify and Pandora and Amazon and Google and all those places where you'll find podcasts. You can find me on Facebook. Just again, look for the I'm in love with that song podcast. Podcast and you can email me at love that song podcast at gmail.com.
3: Super. I had so much fun, my friend. Me uh, too. We need to do this again. Just I just, would love to we'll, do it we'll again. Just... <laughs> and
2: I, I think I'm on your list for the John Hyatt for oh, good. Bring Bring the Family is an incredibly important record to me. Okay. So We'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure.
3: Yes. That would be great. Yeah, we're, we're I tell you what, you talk about a joy of going through this man's catalog one song at a time alphabetically, so it's not in context to the albums or his his eras. And the only thing we're missing, both Sylvan and I, neither one are musicians. And we had a musician on for a couple of episodes ago. And it was so great, Brad. He sent us the clips. He goes, OK, here's where I want you. Do you mind cutting the sound so if I could play these clips and talk about them? I'm like, no, I'd love this. And he started talking about just building this song and how why he loved it so much and how mm-hmm. John had built the song, similar to something you were doing. Mm-hmm. And it was I just OK. This is awesome. So yes, I would love to have you on uh, to talk a little, John. Hyatt at any time. Yeah, bring the family is just a treasure. Just so much fun. So, yeah,
2: yeah, it's. We'll save it for that show, but all right, sounds can talk good. Talk a lot about that
3: record, but yeah, absolutely. All right, listeners, go check out the podcast. Unlike mine, that usually lasts an hour you're a quick hit
2: yeah that's the other thing is i wanted the show to be tight and concise and something you could do on your 20 minute drive to work or in your subway commute or bus ride to work or that kind of thing so we we get you in and out relatively quickly depends on the episode sometimes i will have authors and guests on that run a little bit longer but most of the episodes run between 20 to under 30 minutes
3: yeah that's nice uh, and i i love i love this network and i love the diversity of ours from whether we're like yours, or the new Metallica podcast that we've got, and or the guys, the guys and gals from the Story Song podcast, mm-hmm. so it's just I, I love how passionate all our brethren, our siblings are about music, and it's a good place to be here.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, welcome everyone, right? Listeners is as well. We're all yeah. part of this family of music lovers uh, you don't have to be a music maker just a music lover and and come and join the party
3: <laughs> yeah exactly all right listeners check out the podcast for now be kind be safe we'll talk to you soon goodbye bye bye there we go another episode i'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback um, so if you want to skip this I understand but I do hope you check it out every once in a while I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. the show is available at Set Bruce. you can send me an email setlustingbruce at gmail.com you can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442 I am currently doing a few other podcasts perfectly good podcast John Hyatt from A to Z where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them. But if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music oven album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast. That is the one, the only Settlesick Bruce The theme for Settlesick Bruce was written by David Rosen used by permission
1: What would you do to achieve the American dream the big house the happy family the money would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing?
3: What's the problem? What's the problem?
1: Would you lie? Would you cheat?
3: Would they shop? Were they shop?
1: Would you kill? Yes. I'm <laughs> My mom right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz You don't know the full story. Until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.